He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. 
He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you. Apologies, there we go, that's better. Well, good morning, good to see each and every one of you. So glad that you're here at Victory Christian Fellowship this morning because God has something for each and every one of us. And Lord, 
It is our honor and privilege to give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord, for you alone are worthy. We just welcome you here, Lord, and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Your love is devoted like a ring of solid gold, like a vow that is tested, like a covenant of old. Your love is enduring through the winter rain and beyond the horizon with mercy.
Here in your 
worship in his presence. Today is a new day. Everything is new. Gotta see it right now. It's a new start. It's a new you. You've already been recreated into a new creature. All things are passed away. All things become new.
direct access to the most unique, the most wonderful, the most incredible individual that has ever walked this earth, the Son of God, the great I Am, the Creator, the living Word, the bread of life, the light of the world. We have direct access to Him. All of His promises are yes and amen to us. All of his blessings are for us. Hallelujah. His strength and his power. His guidance and his direction. Lord, we magnify you in this place. You're the one we adore. You're the one we praise. You're the one who's worthy. Hallelujah. You're the one who died and rose again. Glory to God. You're our mediator between God and man. the way, the truth, and the life. You're the only way to the Father. You're the great shepherd. Hallelujah. Lord, we know that you're in this house.
and that you're here to touch and to speak to us so we listen to you now. Just as a surfer swims out into the ocean to catch the wave, I want you to catch the wave of my spirit. I want you to catch the wave of my heart. I want you to catch what I'm doing in this earth at this moment, at this time. Catch the wave. Catch the wave. Catch the wave. Hallelujah. Say, I'm catching it. Amen. You may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. It is a good day. You know, God made this day for you and for me and for all of us. Hallelujah. But we're glad you're here at VCF in Palmyra. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to declare the word. Isn't it a joy to declare the word? And we're going to declare what the word says about the blood. So let's make our confession of faith. There is power in the blood of Jesus. His blood contains the life and love of God. The blood of Jesus is more precious than silver and gold. For he is the unblemished and spotless lamb of God. Through his blood we are forgiven and have been fully redeemed from sin. The blood of Jesus is a shelter of divine protection all around us, and we are kept safe from our enemy. We have faith in the blood of God's Son because it frees us from the guilt of sin. It makes us acceptable to God and grants us eternal life. Jesus, filled with the fullness of God, has reconciled us to himself and given us peace through the blood of his cross. Through Christ's blood, we receive mercy, we are born again, we have a living hope, and we have obtained an inheritance from God. The blood of Christ through the eternal Holy Spirit has cleansed our consciences from dead works and has enabled us to serve the ever-living God. We can confidently and freely enter God's throne room by the blood of Jesus. We can come before God in truth, sincerity, and confident faith. Jesus granted us access to this holy place when he died on the cross. We overcome the accusations of the devil by the blood of the Lamb and our own personal testimony. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's Word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. Hello. You guys are brave and sturdy. Coming out in all this rain, glory to God. 
I like to think what's happening in the natural, and I pull it into the supernatural. So we have Holy Spirit rain drenching us today. Woohoo! Okay, I have some announcements. Next week, next Sunday, is the Ladies Book Club. It will be our last one for until the fall. So we'll be finishing up Dr. Fiona's book, Discovering Your Purpose. Come on out, ladies. Even if you haven't come, come to the last one. We have a good time. We do more than talk about the book. We, we um, have some food and fellowship and a lot of fun. Yes. So come on out to that. That's right after service. We have ladies coming from the community. So it's from 1230 to 2. The 1230 part's a little squishy, but the 2 is firm. <laughs> okay. And then also for your heads up, we do start again in the fall for that. So if you want to think about that when you're looking at your schedule. And then this week we have our regular Tuesday. We have the middle school program this generation from 125 to 225. And then we have our youth group in the evening from 6 to 8 p.m. And then Wednesday night refreshing Thursday is the last Bible adventure of this school year happening this Thursday. It's in the afternoon from like 12 to 3, I think, or 12.30, from Northside and Forge School. How am I doing, Lisa? I'm ad-libbing. Woo! I got some blank space, so I figured that means I could fill it in. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, and then... um, Wow, I don't know. May 11th. I'm just going to say the dates. May 11th, 12th, and 13th. That's a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday evening at 6 p.m. Our church is hosting Dr. Ben Lim, and he will be here with his theme, Awaken the Harvest. So you want to come on out to that um, and experience what he brings to this region. He's located in California. He has a church there. He's a pastor, he, and he travels. So he's a traveling pastor, <laughs> which our pastors are, are, they're like edging into that as soon as it's going to be like full-blown. That's, that's, the, that's where we're going, okay? So you want to invite people to come to that? 6 p.m., May 11th, 12th, and 13th. And then I have graduates. Wow, talking about the end of the school year, that means we have people graduating. Let me read the list. Melissa Schmidt, she is getting her master's degree from Liberty University. Woohoo! And Stephen Schmidt is getting his B- bachelor's degree. No, a, in, yeah, bachelor's degree in business administration. And that's from Penn Foster. And I'm just going to announce he's finishing in May. I'm agreeing with Stephen. We had a conversation. When you ride a horse, you don't let it just wander where it goes. You have a goal. You grab hold of the reins. You kick it in the gut. And you get across the finish line on time. So I took that privilege as his youth leader. I've been prodding him, but this time I just smacked him. Yeah. 
he appreciated it because he's been he's been dragging me on since December. Yeah, and the mama and me just came up. And I said, we're making a list, and I'm putting your name on it if you're going to agree to do it. So rearrange your schedule and pray. He was saying part of the reason for the delay currently, this wasn't always the case, I'm fully aware of. But currently, it is the subject he's taking is not coming in so quickly, so he's having to re-listen and redo the work. So that's where Holy Spirit comes in. Yeah, so he's engaging Holy Spirit and his horse, and he's going to graduate in May. (laughs) And then we have Gabe, Sean, Kelly, and Zach all graduating from Rama in May. (laughs) Woo! Hallelujah! That's awesome. We are sowing seed into the harvest field, aren't we? And then we're reaping the benefits. Praise the Lord, and congratulations to them with all that their work that they've put into those schools. And then we have Madeline LaFrance. She's graduating from high school. Woo-hoo! Yeah! So we celebrate with all of them. We'll, we'll have them up here later, but I'm giving you a heads up, right? And then we... Um, well, that's the end. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm finished. God, to God be the glory. <laughs> Josiah's graduating fifth grade. He just reminded us. It's a big deal. And Madison and, and Levi, are you both graduating fifth grade? Levi's already graduated. We forgot to mention that, but Madison's graduating fifth grade. All right. All right. Praise the Lord. You know, these um, services with uh, Dr. Ben Liam, um, we're just letting them use our building, and we're doing the worship for it. So, uh, but these are his, his meetings, and we, we saw him in uh, Lebanon. He was at the Prescott Fire Hall. And so this is his third time coming to... Uh, Lebanon County. So how many know God wants to do something? Yes. Amen? And he is doing something. Yes. And uh, you're a big part of what God is doing. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Well, uh, praise the Lord. I want to read uh, two scriptures to you. One from uh, Exodus chapter 25. And then from uh, Numbers chapter 18. Exodus 25, and we're just going to read uh, verses 1 and 2 of Exodus 25. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, who's talking? The Lord, all right? So this is the Lord's idea, okay? Speak to the children of of Israel, that they bring me, everybody say me. Notice God is talking to Moses on earth, and he is telling Moses to tell the people to bring an offering to me. That's God, all right, who's in heaven. And uh, an offering from everyone who gives it willingly. 
Everybody say willingly. You know, giving, your attitude goes into your giving. And if you're a stingy, don't give. But if you're willing, give. Amen? Amen. Gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. Okay? And then uh, let's go to Numbers chapter 18. Numbers chapter 18. So if you ever wonder why we receive offerings in church, blame God. It's his idea. Amen. Amen. And uh, Numbers uh, 18, and uh, we're going to look at verses uh, 24. Numbers 18 and 24. He says, uh, For the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer up as a heave offering, to whom? To the Lord. To the Lord. All right? And uh, I have given to the Levites... As an inheritance, uh, therefore, I have said to them, among the uh, children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. So the Israelites, I mean, I'm sorry, the Levites, every other tribe had an inheritance, right? They had lands that were given to them, but the Levites, they were the priests. They did uh, the work of the ark and the offerings of the sanctuary and all that. They didn't have an inheritance because God was their inheritance. So part of the tithes uh, that came in, they went to support the Levites. And uh, the Levites had pasture lands that they could use, but they didn't own. All right? But uh, how many know God knows how to run his, his business? Yes. Amen? And he set up his business on the earth called the church. He said, I will build my church, right? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the church is an institution that comes against the gates of hell. Amen? And we're, 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 we're that church. Amen? Hallelujah. So as you give this morning, uh, you, you're giving to the Lord. Amen? And uh, because he, he initiated this. So, Father, I give you thanks and praise that we have the privilege of giving into your kingdom. Lord, you're such a good God. And we bless you and praise you. And we just count it an honor and a privilege as we come with a willing heart, uh, out of a heart of love, in Jesus' name. Amen. Of course, you can give anytime during the service. And if you're watching online, you can give through our website that way. All right. Say, God is good. good. All the time. All the time, the devil is bad. (laughs) You know, the devil wakes up every day with a bad day, right? So, kids, we got some awesome kids in this place. Kids' life, kids living in faith every day, and we're so grateful for our volunteers that teach our kids. So, kids, we want to dismiss you now. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, you're glad you're in church this morning? Today, I'm going to begin a series today. I haven't done a series for a long time. I used to do a series every month for four weeks. And uh, 
We're going to begin a new series today, and I'm calling it Increasing the Kingdom of God. And, you, and I know some of you are wondering, well, how can I increase the kingdom of God? I'm so thankful that you asked that question. You know, the kingdom of God can increase with us. Amen? God put his kingdom in us, and uh, when he was on the earth, he told the people, he said, when you go, tell them that the kingdom of God is at hand. All right? So every one of us have a part to play in increasing the kingdom. Well, how do we, how do we increase the kingdom? Well, we participate in evangelism 101. Yes. Amen? Yes. Say, I'm going to school today. We're going to have a school of evangelism right here, right now. And uh, I'm going to help you and sharpen you so that you can be equipped to share your faith with anybody. Amen? And uh, first of all, I want to talk about the gospel, right? You know, the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. And it comes from an Anglo-Saxon word that actually means Godspell, not the, not the movie of the late 70s, right? But uh, it is um, God working, and uh, it means good news. And the Greek word of the gospel is evangelion, all right? That's where we get the word evangelism, Okay? And uh, it means the good news of the coming Messiah. Ever say good news? Now, you, you got to say it with a smile on your face, right? This is good news. This is not bad news. You know, and if our world needs anything today, it needs some good news. Amen? And uh, so the gospel is the good news of the coming of the Messiah. It, uh, it expresses... Uh, the giver, right? That's God. And uh, it's God's good news. Everybody say God's good news. And he has employed us in publishing his good news. Right? Say, I'm a publisher. <laughs> Praise God. You're a publisher. Amen? That word publisher simply means to proclaim, to announce. Right? So the gospel is, you know... In order to share the gospel, we have to know a little bit about what it is, right? The gospel is the message of salvation to man, preached by our Lord and his followers. You know, Jesus, he didn't just come out of heaven. He came out of heaven to win the lost. He came out of heaven to seek and save that which was lost, What was his motive? His motive was love. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave his only begotten son. And whosoever. Everybody say whosoever. The gospel is truly the the gift that one size fits all. It's for every culture. It's for every language. It's for every continent. Amen? Amen? Did you ever envision that you could touch every continent from Palmyra, Pennsylvania? That was only a few yeses. We can touch every continent from Palmyra, Pennsylvania. We can partner with people who are touching continents. 
And we could go to the continents, right? And I'm going to be going to the continent of Asia in the end of August and September uh, in the country of India. And I'm going to be ministering there. And then we're going to a brand new country this year. We've been invited to do a VCF crusade in the country of Liberia. Hallelujah. So we're going to do that uh, towards the end of the year. And uh, we're excited about that. I've been to Sierra Leone, which is Liberia's neighbor. And I was actually in the Liberia uh, uh, embassy when I was in Sierra Leone. So technically, I was kind of in Liberia. (laughs) The gospel, of course, we have the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They tell the account of Jesus' life what he came to do, why he came to do it, what happened to him, right? Those are the Gospels, okay? The Gospel is the doctrine of the kingdom of God. It encompasses all the teaching of the kingdom of God. Amen? You know, Jesus is a king, and he came to establish a kingdom, not a democracy, not some other political movement. He came to establish a kingdom. And he made us kings and priests. Say, I'm a king and I'm a priest. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Hallelujah. All right. And uh, the gospel teaches us how to receive the gift of God. It is Jesus is the greatest gift to the world. And the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift to the church. And we need the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need his power, his leading, his guiding. Okay? All right. Hallelujah. So, the gospel is eternal. Different phrases that the Bible uses to talk about the gospel is called the gospel of the grace of God. It's the gospel of the grace of God, the good news of the grace of God. Aren't you glad for the grace of God? For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, lest any man can boast. It's a gift of God. The gospel is called the gospel of the kingdom. It's the good news of the kingdom. Right? It's called the gospel of Christ or the gospel of the anointed one. It's the gospel of the anointing, the invisible power of God. You know, Paul had a revelation. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to them which believe. Say the gospel is power. You know, votes can change this world temporarily, but the gospel can change this world forever. The gospel. What this world needs is the gospel. We don't need another political movement. We need the gospel. We need people who carry the love of God and the power of God to share that message with everyone they come in contact with. That's what we've been designed to do. That's what we've been called to do. When you accepted the Lord, you may not realize this. You got included in the family business. And the family business is people. You're not just on this earth to have a career. You're on this earth to do something for the kingdom of God. And guess what? You can do something for the kingdom of God while you do your career. You don't have to have one or the other. Amen? Amen. You may not be called to be 
a main speaker behind the pulpit, but we're all called. Every one of us has been given the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, Jesus has done something to us, and we can help someone who hasn't met Jesus yet, because he's done something to us, we can help uh, Jesus do something for them. Amen? Listen, when we get a hold of something so good, we can't keep it to ourselves. We ought to share it. How many's ever shared a good restaurant with your friends? Oh, you should go to this place. Why? You had a good experience. The food was good. Whatever. It's good. We ought to be sharing good news. Hallelujah. The, the, it's called the gospel of peace, the good news of peace. Wow. The, the gospel is called the glorious gospel, the everlasting gospel, or the gospel of salvation, the good news of glory, the good news of everlasting life, the good news of salvation. How many are glad you're saved? I remember, I think it was back in the late 80s, and uh, there was a preacher, I forget his name, but he said, I'm going to give you three reasons why I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Number one, I didn't want to go to hell. Number two, I didn't want to go to hell. Number three, I didn't want to go to hell. Amen? Salvation, the gospel is your ticket out of hell. Hallelujah. We just got to make sure people have their ticket. Amen? And the first part of making them have their ticket is just telling them about it. Okay? Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Hallelujah. And we're going to look at uh, verse uh, 4. 1 Timothy 2, 4. You love Jesus? Then that means you love his ability to share with others. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't keep salvation to himself? Hallelujah. 1 Timothy 2, 4 says this. Well, he says, for this is good and acceptable in the uh, sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. What is God's heart? Does he want to see anybody perish? It's not God who sends people to hell. It's people rejecting Jesus Christ that sends themselves to hell. God did everything he could, he could do to get people out of hell, to keep them out of hell. Amen? Listen to this. This is powerful. He desires all men, every continent, every language, every tribe, every tongue. He desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, did Jesus die on the cross? Did he live a perfect life? Did he rise from the dead? That qualified him to retire early. He went back home, didn't he? So who's left? We're left. So guess what? God wants your help. Uh, What was the slogan? Uncle Sam wants you. Jesus wants you. 
Right? He wants you to simply tell others what God has done for you. Wherever you meet them, you could, you could talk to them in stores. You could talk to them when you're walking your dog. You can engage people in conversations in so many ways. Amen? And Jesus will help you communicate because he doesn't want to see anybody. Uh, he wants everybody to be saved. All right? Go to Titus chapter 3. Are you with me today? It's time that we have to mobilize the body to reach out beyond our four walls. Amen? Is there anybody here that doesn't know people? If you don't know any person, raise your hand. I don't see any hands. Right? We all know people, don't we? And with social media, we can communicate with people through that, through the phone, through uh, one-on-one conversation. There's so many ways that we can communicate. All we got to do is just share the message. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Titus chapter 3. And uh, let's start with uh, verse uh, 4. Titus 3, 4. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. When did that happen? When did the kindness and the love of God and our Savior appear? That's when Jesus was born on this earth. Right? But Jesus has left the building, but he's still here by his spirit, right? Okay. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Woo, we've been regenerated and washed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is very much active in sharing the gospel. It was the Holy Spirit who inspired Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to write what they wrote. It is the Holy Spirit who is involved in every part. He empowers us. He leads us. He guides us. He works on their hearts. He does the heavy lifting. All we have to do is share the message. He does the work. Did you know that you're not called to convince people that Jesus is the Savior? You don't have to convince them. Isn't that good news? All you, all your responsibility is tell them. Just tell them. Amen? Hallelujah. All right? Praise the Lord. Go with me to Matthew chapter 10. You know, God's into partnerships. And Jesus, the Son of God, He did not do the work he came to do alone. He, got, he built a team, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Of close followers, and he trained them 
for three and a half years, the disciples went to the University of Jesus. And they learned how to do what he did. Say, I can do what Jesus did. Say it again. Say, I can do what Jesus did. Yes, you can. All right. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1. Everybody say partnership. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power. Say he gave me power. What kind of power? Over unclean spirits. Woo! These were men who hadn't even been fully trained yet. How many are a disciple of Jesus? Then you have power over unclean spirits. Okay? What are you supposed to do with that power? To cast them out. And to heal all kinds of sickness and disease. Sickness and all kinds of disease. You have power. Say, I have power power. to cast out devils. And to heal all kinds of sickness and disease. Is the word in your heart? Then there's life in your heart. Then there's authority in your heart. Then you have power in your heart. Amen? God is employing men whom they were for different careers, different backgrounds, right? Some were fishermen, some were tax collectors, some were zealots, right? They wanted to overthrow the Roman government initially, but God took these men and he trained them. He gave them power. The first thing he gave them was power. My goodness, that's good news. Every believer in Jesus Christ has this power. All right, then he gives the names. I'm not going to go over all those names. You can read it. All right, go down to verse 5. These 12 Jesus sent out. Everybody say sent. I'm telling you, you you have been sent. Today is your commissioning day. Amen? Listen, uh, okay, I'm going to get to that in just a second. He said, do not go to the way of the Gentiles and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. At this particular time, they were just reaching out to Jews. Okay? And when the Holy Spirit was poured out, which we're going to get to, he expanded his reach. Okay? Hallelujah. He said, as you go, preach... Or proclaim saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Was that a difficult saying to to say? Oh my goodness, we just witnessed. You mean witnessing is that easy? Y-E-S, yes. It's that easy. Okay? Jesus didn't give them, he didn't say take a book with you and read. He just said... Say to them, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
Okay? Heal the sick. He's, these are the disciples. This is not Jesus. He's empowering them to do what he did. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Say, I have something to give. Every one of us in this room has something to give. You have a story to tell. You have a message to get out. Every one of us. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his uh, food or his hire. Say, I'm a worker. What kind of work do you do? I just spread the good news. You know, primarily, you spread the good news, number one, by how you live. All right? Living like Christ is a form of spreading the good news. When people see you in the community out and about, and they look at you, and, you, and you're living like Christ, you're responding like Christ, you're talking like Christ, that is a witness. That's a testimony. Okay? Then, you can use words. It's another way to spread the message is use words. Right? Jesus engaged people in conversation. He engaged a woman who was in Samaria at a well. They first started talking about water. Then they went from water to eternal life. But Jesus engaged her in conversation. Amen? Say, I can engage people in conversation. Listen, the time is short. There is an urgency in the atmosphere. Don't worry about offending people. Listen, Jesus offended people. He didn't go back to the disciples and say, Oh, Peter and John, I can't believe I I offended those people. No. If someone wants to get offended, that's their own choice. Don't let that stop you. Amen? We are living in an urgent time. Okay? Jesus is getting ready to come back. So partnership. And then... uh, he told them that if you go into a house and they accept you, stay there. He said, if you go into a city and they reject you, have a, have a pity party. No, he didn't say that. He said, shake the dust off your feet and go to the next one. Everybody just stomp your feet for a second. Just shake the dust off your feet. If someone rejects you, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting Jesus. Amen? Maybe they're not ready for Jesus yet. What can I do if I share the gospel and they're not ready Leave them and pray for them. Right? Okay, go to Luke 10. Luke 10. Hallelujah. Luke 10, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. Everybody say 70 more. Now, these were a little different, because notice, and he sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. 
So they had inside information about where Jesus was going to go, and he sent them ahead of him, two by two, to prepare the way. What do you think they were doing? They were preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Notice, okay? Then he said to them, verse 2, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are many. Oh, some of you didn't catch that. Everybody say, the laborers are few. That's the problem in the body of Christ. We have few laborers. Few people who want to go out and share the gospel because they come up with all kinds of excuses why they can't do that when God is living in, the God of all, almighty God is living on the inside of you. Oh, I can't go share with someone. Who in you is greater than he was in the world? He, he was in you is greater than he was in the world. Oh, I can't share with someone. Yes, you can. <laughs> Amen. Say, yes, we can. Say, it's the easiest thing in the world. And God's not asking you to do it on your own, right? Not only will you, can you go with someone else, but you go with the Holy Spirit. You go with the Word of God. What, is the devil going to stop you? No, you can cast the devil out. The devil can't stop you. Amen? Okay. The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, praise the Lord of the harvest. What happens when you pray the Lord of the harvest? He increases laborers. All right, verse 3, go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. In the natural, does a lamb have an advantage over a wolf? No. But in the spiritual, a lamb can whoop a wolf. (laughs) Amen? He sent us out gentle. Verse 4, carry neither money bag nor knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house, right? And uh, remain in the same house, verse 7, eating and drinking such things as they give, for a laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house, okay? Whatever city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. Heal the sick, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come to you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, the very dust of your city, which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Well, that's pretty powerful. We should not be stopped getting out God's message because one person rejects it or one city rejects it. Oh, they rejected me. Get over it and go to the next one. Amen. Okay. And uh, so, then, uh, let's go down um, to verse 17. Then the 70 returned with sadness, with sorrow. What did they return with? Joy. It's a joyful thing to share the gospel. They returned with joy. They didn't come to Jesus and say, boy, Jesus, you asked a hard thing. They returned with joy. Okay? Saying, Lord, 
Even the demons are subject to us in your name. Wow, what a shocker. They realized that the demons were subject to whom? Them. Seventy. These weren't even the twelve. These were in addition to the twelve. Say, demons are subject to me. Say, demons are subject to me. Doesn't that make you feel like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. And Jesus said, you know, yeah, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Don't worry about Satan. Just know that your name, we want people's names written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen? So say it's a partnership. God wants some faith champions in their community. Every one of us are part of a community. We have family. We have relatives. We live in a neighborhood, right? We have co-workers, right? Those are communities. And God wants us to be champions of faith in our community. Amen? Look, you may be the only light that someone sees. You may be the only gospel that someone hears. Where you're working, it matters the light that shines from you. Right? People need to see it. People need to hear it. They need to hear how you respond. They need to hear how you praise God. They need to, you know, one time, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, he was with a pastor. He had preached for, uh, this pastor. And they went to this hotel for lunch. And, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, now he was bold. He only had an eighth grade education. He was a plumber from England, but he did many great miracles, uh, in, in the kingdom of God. And he noticed that people didn't pray for their food. So he stood up, banged on the glass. He said, everybody, listen up. He said, I'm going to pray over your food. Everybody just put their heads down. It's, it's about time that we turn the tables over the enemy in the atmosphere. It's about time that we uh, let God, who is greater than the world, in us be big. Amen? Hallelujah. See, I'm ready to turn, turn over some tables. All right? So, uh, go with me to Acts chapter 1. All right? Be a witness and share your story. Say, I'm a witness. And I'm going to share my story. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Now, these are more than the 12, more than the 70. These are 120. All right? And Jesus uh, said here, you know, they were asking him about when, are, when, are you gonna, uh, when is the kingdom going to come here? And he said, don't be concerned about that. Right? But verse 8, but you shall receive what? Power. Now, isn't it interesting how before the disciples had the Holy Spirit, they had power from Jesus. But now they got Holy Ghost power. Okay? What, what, what's this power for? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be what? Witnesses. Whose witnesses? Witnesses to him, to Jesus. Amen? Say, I'm a witness for Jesus. What does a witness do? A witness tells what they know. 
A witness tells what they've seen, and a witness tells what they've heard, and a witness shares their experience if they were connected to something. Right? What you've seen, what you've heard, what you know, and what you've experienced. That's what a witness does. Right? Please raise your right hand, put your other hand on the Bible, say, I I swear to to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God. Right? You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. That's where it started. And in uh, Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth, or the ends of the earth. In Palmyra, in Lebanon, amen, in Lebanon County, Dauphin County, amen, Pennsylvania, the United States, and every continent on the world, glory to God. You know, when you start laboring for God this way, you don't know what he's going to do for you or where he's going to take you. But it's such a joy. It's such a joy. I can remember I was uh, flying from school to home. And usually when I fly, I like to read my Bible. And there was this young man who was sitting next to me. I forget his name. But I struck up a conversation with him. And we talked the whole flight. And I told him about Jesus. I shared the gospel with him. And he sent me a Christmas card that year thanking me for that conversation, thanking me for taking the time just to talk with him. Amen? And, um, you know, when I got born again, my parents were not born again. And when I was at Rama, it was about, I think it was in between my first year and second year, I was invited to preach in Sullivan, Missouri. And um, it's about an hour outside of St. Louis, west of St. Louis. And it was a, a, it was a New Year's Eve weekend. And so I invited my parents to come down uh, so that I could see them, they could see me. And uh, we came to this church where I was preaching for this weekend. It was like a Friday night service. Uh, we were off Saturday, and then uh, it, Friday was like the New Year's Eve And then uh, Sunday morning, I preached there. Well, my parents came down because it was about five hours drive for them. And that was the day, that Sunday morning, in that service in Sullivan, Missouri, I preached. And you know who came to the altar? My mom and dad. And I got to lead my parents to the Lord. And I'm forever grateful. My grandmother, on my mom's side, she was, um, she always held things from previous years of, of bad experiences, and she would always bring them up at different times. She was a good woman, very clean. I mean, man, you could eat off of her kitchen floor. She was very industrious, very hard worker. And I can remember she had a counter in her kitchen with like three or four chairs. And that's where we would sit. And uh, it was just her and I. And we were sitting on the counter. And I got to share Jesus with her. And she got born again. Her ear, her, 
I mean, tears were flowing from her eyes. And it wasn't a hard thing. It was a very easy thing, but I just took the time, engaged her in conversation. I mean, I'm a grandson, you know. I had an inlet. Well, she got saved. She got born again. Well, a year after that, she had fallen and broken her neck. And so since she was such an active, moving person, and when she couldn't move her body anymore, that was the downfall, and she died after that. But she got born again. So I know that she's in heaven today because of that. Amen? We got to start engaging people. Start with who you know, and then go to who, do you, who you don't know. All right? Um, because he who wins souls is wise. Amen? And, and we just got to share the gospel. We don't have to convince them. You know what? Share the gospel. Offer to pray for people. Man, I prayed for mechanics at Freightliner. I worked at Freightliner for two years. I don't even like trucks. But they said I just had to focus on customer service. But when, when, when the mechanics were hurting or something, I said, I would just say, would you like me to pray for you? I said, okay. So I just laid my hands and I'd say a quick prayer. Same thing at the bank. When I worked at the bank, same thing. There were times I said, okay, let's just go to the bank. I just made it real quick. I said, in the name of Jesus, touch them. I didn't make it a big thing because they're not paying me to preach at the bank, but I'm still being a witness. Yeah. Amen? I'm taking the opportunity as they're presenting to me. And let me tell you something. There's, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, pray that doors of opportunity be open to me. To preach the gospel. You want opportunities? Pray. And God will put people in your path. You'd be like, oh, thank you, Lord. Amen? Go to Luke chapter 16. Hallelujah. Luke 16. Let's look at some examples of people that got excited about witnessing. And we're going to go to verse 19. All right. Yeah, Luke 16, 19. There was, a, uh, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. That means he ate good, right? He wore good stuff. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus full of sores who was laid at his gate. Okay, so we got this rich man who's doing good, living good, wearing good, right? He's eating good. He must sleep on my pillows. I I just had to get that in there. And he was desiring to be, this, this beggar was desiring to be fed from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. You're in pretty bad shape. When you got sores on your body and dogs come and lick your sores to give you relief, that's pretty sad. But there's no interaction between the rich man and Lazarus. There's no conversation. I'm sure the rich man, every time he left his place, would have to see Lazarus. He was there. But there's no interaction. Okay? So, verse 22, so that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. That is, 
paradise. That is the place where people went to before Jesus was raised from the dead. That's why Jesus told the thief on the cross, he said, today you'll be with me in paradise because Jesus had to be the firstborn from the dead. Okay? So the beggar died and he was carried. The rich man also died and was buried. Everybody say buried. One was carried, one was buried. One went up, one went down. Verse 23, and being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. So he's able to recognize people. He's able to see people, but he can't get from where he is to where they are. They can't get from where they are to where he is. Once you die, it's too late. You can't accept Jesus after you die. You have to accept Jesus before you die. This is why it's so important because guess what? We don't know when someone's going to die. Amen? Has death ever sent you an invitation saying, I'm going to show up at 1230 tomorrow? No. Death, death, death comes. It doesn't matter if, if you're male, female, young, old, if you're rich, poor. It doesn't matter. It doesn't care. It just comes. And it comes when we least expect it. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water that, and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. Everybody say tormented. He's in a place where the flame doesn't die. Uh, where the worm wasn't dying, the flame doesn't go out. You know, growing up in my, in my community in Illinois, people thought, hell, oh, I'm going to go to hell and I'm going to have a party. There ain't going to be no party in hell, let me tell you that. All right, so Abraham said, verse 25, he said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus uh, evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, there's a... a uh, a great gulf fixed so that uh, those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from where uh, there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. All of a sudden now, this man who's being tormented in hell, he's now wanting to reach his family. Why didn't he want to reach his family when he was alive? Obviously, he didn't know the Lord when he was alive. Obviously, he didn't know Jesus as Savior when he was alive. But all of a sudden now in hell, he's really anxious about other people. Okay? And then, uh, so he's wanting, he said, verse 28, I have five brothers that they may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. He certainly doesn't want them to go where he is. So all of a sudden now, he's really interested in evangelism. But it's too late. Okay? Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. They have the word of God. All right? And verse uh, 31 No, verse 30, he said, no, Father Abraham, but if if one goes from the dead, they will repent. 
I wonder if they repented when Jesus rose from the dead. I don't know. Verse 31. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded the one rise from the dead. Wow, that's pretty tough. But I want you to see his attitude was certainly not on himself, not on his clothes, not on his... All of a sudden now, he's in this place of torment, and he's thinking about other people. Oh, I wish I could have done something for other people. Guess what? We have the time now. Well, I, I can't do much. Can you pray? Can you talk on the phone? Can you send a message? Amen? See, we think too many times in terms of cans when we ought to be thinking in terms of cans. Don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do. Amen? All right, go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Hallelujah. Whoo. Look at verse 1. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs. Everybody say the tombs. (laughs) You know, the devil will take you to the tombs. And, uh, A man with an unclean spirit. What do we have power over? Unclean spirits, right? Every evil spirit is unclean. Okay? Every evil spirit is unclean. The devil is unclean. We have power over him. We can tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt us. Say, nothing shall by any means hurt us. Okay? Okay? So this man came out of the tombs full of uncleanness. He had been dwelling among the tombs. (laughs) Where's your room? In the tomb. (laughs) And no one could bind him, not even with chains. So he had some physical strength, right? In the natural, you wouldn't want to engage this fellow. He would whoop your little honey. But in the spirit, you've got him beat. Right? Okay. And night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. If you know anybody that cuts themselves or harms themselves, that's demonic. They're having some... They're being oppressed, or they could be possessed. Anybody that's cutting themselves or harming themselves, that is demonic. Okay? But when he saw Jesus, verse 6, from afar, he ran and worshipped him. (laughs) A possessed man sees Jesus, and he's got to bow to him. Hallelujah. Every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess. Do you think that God the Father had Jesus go to this place for this reason? Absolutely. Because everything Jesus did, it was the Father. He did what he heard. He did what he saw. 
right? So it was the Father, it was the Holy Spirit who led Jesus, he told his disciples, he said, okay, boys, get in the boat, we're going to go to the other side. They were on, Galilee is on north, the north shore, this is the southeast shore, okay? All right. Are you with me? So uh, verse 7, he cried out with a loud voice, the devil is not silent, a lot of times. And he said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? Boy, the demons know who he is. I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Okay? His torment is going to come when Jesus returns. When Jesus returns, the devil and all the demons are going to be cast into the lake of fire. That's their, that's their uh, end place where they're going to be forever and ever and ever. We used to have a t-shirt in school said, don't buy the lie lest you fry. I got some retirement property by the lake. And we had flames, you know, coming up. It was pretty a cool t-shirt, actually. Then he said, uh, what is your name? And he answered, my name is Legion, for we are many. This guy doesn't have one devil. He's got many. But you know what? The, the many came in with one. One had the entranceway, and many joined it. Okay. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Why? I like this place. These devils like this area for whatever reason. So he wanted to stay in the place where they were. Okay? Now, a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, send us to the swine. We want some pork chops that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. I want you to see that the devils couldn't do anything without the permission of Jesus. When you encounter a devil, you have the very same authority that Jesus had. I should, that should have had a big amen on that. You have the same power that Jesus has. Okay? And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. And there were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the sweet, uh, the steep place into the sea and drowned. So 2,000 pigs. Can you imagine the squealing of 2,000 pigs? Squealing and running over the cliff into the ocean. The pigs didn't even want the demons in them. Okay? So... Um, So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it to the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. You know, when you go into a place and you do a work of God, you're going to stir some things. Amen? Remember when Peter and John got the lame man who was lame from his birth healed at the gate beautiful? They stirred some things, right? Be prepared to stir some things. I got a big spoon and I like to stir things, amen? Hallelujah, okay? So um, they came to Jesus who had, or uh, then they came to uh, Jesus and saw the one who had been. Everybody say had been. Had been. Past tense. 
He had been demon-possessed. Why? Now he's free. Now he's, uh, uh, he's unencumbered. He has no demons in him. Okay? That had the legion sitting and clothed. Everybody say clothed. <laughs> Do you think that the Holy Spirit told Jesus you better bring an extra set of clothes in the boat? Where else would he have gotten the clothes? Right? The man was running around naked. Listen, the de- if you follow the devil, you'll be naked, hanging around with dead people, cutting yourself, screaming. That's what the devil does. But he needs some people from VCF to come along and get him set free. And, though, and, and he was in his right mind. So he's sitting, he's clothed, and in his right mind, spirit, soul, and body, he is whole. Now, I want you to see no one is saying, hope the devils don't come back. We don't live by fear. If they come back, they got to go again. All right. Those who saw it, verse 16, told them, and it happened to him uh, who had been demon-possessed and about the swine, when they had began to plead with him to depart from their region. Then he got into the boat. Now, here's the point that I want you to see. He who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. Man, Jesus, I just want to hang out with you. You're so cool. You set me free. I'm free from torment. I'm free from those voices in my head. I'm, I'm, I'm in my right mind. I just want to go with you. No, I got something better for you. Notice what Jesus says. However, Jesus did not permit him. Who is Lord? Jesus, we need to listen to what the Lord says, right? When he says no, he means no. And when he says go, he means go. Go home to your friends. Tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis. Decapolis, Deca, 10, a 10 city area. One man, I'm sure that every person, I'm sure that every city knew that this man, what he was. I'm sure that there were reports about this man that lived in the tombs who cried and screamed and broke chains, right? There had to have been reports. But God, he, he saved him. He set him free, but then he sent him back home to tell his story. And he departed, and he began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him, and all marveled. Everybody say all. You think Jesus is getting ready to go back to Decapolis sometime and have a couple meetings? Amen. There was like a stir. But he sent this man to go and tell his story. All right? If you think of the word reach, R-E-A-C-H, okay? I love acronyms, and I love alliteration, but that's beside the point. The word reach, R-E-A-C-H, R is we need to release God's love into our community. 
Listen, love was meant to be shared. We can't hold it to ourselves. I just want to be a worshiper of Jesus. That's great. Come and worship Jesus, but then go share with someone else. Amen? We have to be balanced. We can't just worship all the time. We got to share sometimes. All right? The E, encourage everyone everywhere with the gospel. Encourage everyone everywhere with the gospel. A, announce glad tidings and activate God's power. Announce glad tidings and activate God's power. C, call those to come to church or call those to come. Yeah, tell them to come to church too, but call those to come to the truth and to church. You, You know some people that aren't in church? Guess what? There's a reason why you know them. Amen? Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Maybe they need to be brought. Right? Let me see a show of hands. How many ended up in church because you were invited by someone? Right? How many just showed up? These guys are awesome. I'm sure someone close to you had to invite you. Right? That's, that's the primary way where people know is the word of mouth. Okay? And then H, help people to discover Jesus. R-E-A-C-H. Release God's love to our community. Encourage everyone everywhere with the gospel. Announce glad tidings and activate God's power. Call those to come to the truth and to church. Help people discover Jesus. I'm so glad for my older sister. She helped me discover Jesus. She got this Catholic boy turned on to Jesus. How'd she do it? She would incessantly invite me to church every week. And I'd say no. She'd say okay. Just as sweet as she could be. Kristen. Thank you, Kristen. Next week. Hey, Doug, you want to go to church with me? Um, well, how long is the service? Oh, about two hours. Two hours for church? You've got to be kidding me. (laughs) Says the pastor who doesn't speak less than an hour. Well, there was a time when I thought two hours was too much. But I don't think that anymore. (laughs) She just kept talking to me and talking to me and talking to me until I showed up. But when I showed up, I met Jesus. Amen? Amen. We have power to witness, don't we? So that means we got a witness. God is calling you on on the witness stand today to be a witness for him. And there's no pressure, right? Say there's no pressure. You're just going to share what you know, what you've heard, what you've seen, what you've experienced about Jesus, right? And you might build a relationship out of it. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Um, Let's go to uh, Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. And let's just look at this here. 
Jesus was a witness. He witnessed to individuals. He witnessed to groups. He witnessed to people who were against him. And some people who were against him came to him by night. <laughs> Nicodemus came to him at night. Why? Why did he come at night? So he wouldn't. So the other Pharisees wouldn't see where he was going. Amen. Acts chapter five and uh, verse twelve. So uh, this was right after Ananias and Sapphira lied in church and dropped dead. Aren't you glad we don't have services like that anymore? <laughs> well, that'll put a, that'll increase the church, right? I was at a church last week and two people died, and the church kept going. Okay, so out of that came a fear of God. See, God knows what He's doing. Acts five twelve, and through the hands of the apostles. Many signs and wonders were done where? Among the people. Everybody say among the people. They were interacting with people. Do you realize that at this time there were no church buildings? There were no church buildings. Okay, notice what it says. Right? And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. If you want to put, put that picture up, this is Solomon's porch, right? We can look at this picture. See, that's Solomon's porch. So people were gathered there. You know, you, you could fit a lot of people underneath there. It's open, but it has a roof. And that's where people would gather in the temple area. See, there were places in the temple, there was the open courtyard where people could go, and then there were places where uh, the common people could go, right? And that's where they had, that's where, that's where this is uh, talking about right here, okay? And uh, he's, then uh, they said, uh, verse 13, yet none of the rest dared to join them. Both the people esteemed them highly, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Everybody say, increasingly added. Because why? Ministers were doing uh, miracles among the people. But you know what? Who can lay hands on the sick? According to Mark 16. Believers. How many believers are here? Say there's power in these hands. All right. Okay. So believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes, both men and women. They brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter uh, passing might fall on some of them. You wouldn't take the time to bring sick people to someone's shadow unless something happened in the shadow. Am I right about it? So they, uh, people were gathering here and, and things were happening. All right. Now, um, look at verse 17. Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were Sadducees because they don't believe in the resurrection. That's why they were Sadducees. And they were filled with indignation. Why? Because Jesus' ministry is growing. Right? People are coming to Jesus, and they're not coming to them. All right? That's religion for you. Verse 18, and... They laid hands on the apostles and put them in common prison for no reason other than preaching the gospel. Okay? 
But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, See, when you work for God, you got supernatural help. Amen? Okay. What did the angel tell him to do? Look at verse 20. Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Oh, my goodness. The angel does a jailbreak and says, go to the temple and preach. Okay? Go testify. Go be a witness. The angel got him out of being incarcerated to witness. How, how, how important is witnessing to God? He'll break you out of a jail if necessary. Okay? Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those who were with him came and called the, the council together with the elders and the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. They thought they were still in the prison. They didn't even know they'd been brought out. And there these guys were. They were just in prison last night. Now they're in the temple preaching the gospel. <laughs> Verse 22 But when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely, the guards standing outside before the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. (laughs) I'm telling you, God will move you into a place and the enemy won't even know what happened. Hallelujah. Go and tell the people the words of this life. Now when the high priests... Uh, when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So, So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men who you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. <laughs> I love that. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them down before the council and the high priest and asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you that you not to teach in the name, in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us? But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. See, I better obey God and rather than man. It's time to get over your fear of sharing the gospel. It's time to just start sharing the gospel. If you want to get better at something, you've got to start doing it now. Do it, the more you do it, the easier it is. Amen? It, the easier it becomes. Hallelujah. So... Uh, They were bold about the resurrection. They weren't going to let any council, any city council tell them that they couldn't preach about Jesus. Amen? They were witnesses. And finally, I just want to tell you one story of the Apostle Paul. And uh, we know the story. The Apostle Paul, he had permission from the church, well, from the synagogues, to go and get Christians and to incarcerate them, 
to torture them and even kill them. He was the one holding the clothes of the people who stoned Stephen. All right? So he is going his thing. Jesus interrupts him. Jesus had to witness to Paul because everybody in the church feared Paul. So Jesus came and said, why are you kicking against the pricks? And, and Paul said, Lord, you know, what do I need to do? He said, go here. It's going to be told you what to do, right? So God speaks to a man named Ananias. You don't hear about Ananias after this. You don't hear anything about him before this, but he was a believer, right? And he said, Ananias, I want you to go here and to go minister to uh, Paul. He is a chosen vessel of mine, right? God wanted, God needed a person to go witness to Paul so that he could jumpstart his ministry. So here's Ananias. We don't know any, much of his background. He's never, not mentioned after this, but he was used, God used him to jumpstart Paul's ministry. And once he heard from God that Paul was a chosen vessel, he went in, right? And he said, Brother Saul, He laid his hands on him. Scales fell from his eyes. Paul got filled with the Holy Spirit. He was baptized in water. And Paul was a preacher ever since then. By the witnessing of Ananias, who went in, he at first, he was a little reluctant because of Paul's reputation. But that didn't stop him. He went in because he heard from God. See, God is into witnessing. He wants us to witness. Amen. He's given us power to witness. We have no excuse to witness. Amen. We need to find people. I don't care if you, it doesn't matter. You find some people and you talk to them. Amen. We, uh, is there any person that doesn't encounter people every week? Right? If you have a doctor's appointment, witness to your doctor. Amen. If you're getting groomed, witness to your groomer. I've witnessed to a lot of people that cut my hair. I tell them about Jesus. I tell them, the other day I was, uh, when I got my hair cut last, I was, my, uh, my barber, uh, he was from Vietnam, and I struck up a conversation. I, I was telling him that I was going to India, and I just started talking. I, he said, do you go there for work? I said, yeah, I go there for work. He said, what do you do? I said, well, I, pre- I preach the gospel. I pastor a church. And I, I just started telling him about the gospel, and he was telling me, well, what version of the Bible do you use? I said, it really doesn't matter. I said, but you got, but we just struck up a conversation. He didn't get saved then, but I, you know, sometimes you plant, sometimes you water. Amen? Are you getting the point today? Yes. Say, God wants me to be a witness. I have a story to tell. And I have power to, to get the message out. I'm unstoppable. I'm going to promote God's kingdom. You know, because wherever the gospel was preached, healing occurs, miracles happen, amen? Maybe you came in here today. Number one, if you came in here empty, you need to leave full. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the greatest thing. Whoo, I'll tell you what. It's like having the tomato sauce on the pasta. It is the greatest thing. And if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, the reason I say that is because I had to eat plain pasta with no uh, things in the Czech Republic, and that wasn't too pleasant. It's a lot more pleasant with sauce, let me tell you. We got sauce from the boss. Amen? 
If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you can be filled. If you need to be healed in your body, you can be healed. Why? Because the gospel is a message of power. It transforms lives. It transforms hearts. Amen? Amen. Did you know that God made us instruments? We are his instruments of righteousness. Right? And he will use you to reach someone else. You have a sphere of influence. There are people that you associate with, that you connect with, right? And you just need to be the light. You just need to point to the way, right? And you just need to promote Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. And if you need healing in your body, Jesus is the healer. If you need help in a situation in life, he's your helper. Are you okay being trained the next few weeks? People are going to say, those people at VCF have it going on. Amen? Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for stirring our hearts and opening up doors of opportunity for us to share the gospel with others to share the message of your kingdom. Lord, what a privilege. What an honor. Lord, we are willing participants. We are willing and obedient servants who will do what you tell us to do, go where you tell us to go, and say what you tell us to say, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that you are increasing our skill and our ability with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we activate the anointing of God in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that there's an anointing on this place and on this people. And we are fearless faith fighters. And we go, we, we are not afraid to confront darkness. We are not afraid to make people, to let people know that we have faith in God.